All right. So tonight we are glad to have a South Carolina resident, member of Bill's Mafia joining us, the leader of the non-mafia, if I say. And he currently has almost 11,000 subscribers, 10.9 I saw. Mm-hmm. He's, he's inching closer to that. Um, Dan Mitchell. So Dan, thanks for joining us. Gentlemen, I sincerely appreciate you having me on. And while I am a resident of South Carolina, I Buffalo, Western New York will always be in my damn heart. And might I say that I've been the proudest to be a part of Western New York for the past couple of months. Um, yeah, man, super excited to talk some bills. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, I've uh, got the whole crew here tonight. So um, first thing, going into the Ravens game this past week, what were you thinking? Um, I know it was a mix. I was in national media. It was all over the Ravens all week. Yeah. Um, they Bill shouldn't have showed up, I guess, according to the media. Uh, what were what were your thoughts going into the game this week? And so my expectations were completely the opposite of what ended up happening, man. I mean, when you end up just looking at the pure fact that we were going up against the best rushing offense in the entire NFL, and there's no question that the Bills all season have struggled tremendously in stopping these high-powered run offenses. Going into it, man, I thought that we just needed Josh Allen to put the team on his back and just continuously make great offensive drives and just essentially beat the shit out of them with points and take the ball away from their running backs and make Lamar beat you with their arm. Uh, But then once you go into this game, right, I mean, I'm pretty sure their first, what, like 19, 20 attempts were running the ball in the first place. Yeah, and without Josh scrambling on the one in the first half. They literally had no, no rushes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, saw that from the Ravens and I mean, really at the end of the day, if you were to tell me before this game started that the reason that we were going to win this game was, is because our defense was about to shut them out by three points. I would have called you fucking crazy. And yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, was I, I, think, I think we were all kind of expecting that, you know, in the high twenties, low thirties shootout. Um, yeah. Sure. Because we had seen the the Bills' defense against the run, we thought the Bills were going to have to put up points, and obviously the win could have played a part in that Saturday night. But it was we saw both ends with the win playing a part. So, Dan, what was the last time you went to a game in Buffalo? Last time I was at a game, week four last year against the Patriots. I was there too. Were you? Not I was. I was partying with Portnoy in the hammer lot doing ketchup and mustard and all that jazz. (laughs) Oh, you were with Portnoy? Yes. Very interesting, bro. Like, I didn't make it over to the hammer lot. It was, like, a little too insane. And I was there, like, since 6 a.m., so I was completely destroyed. But for all we know, we probably drunkenly walked past each other on the sidewalk. Probably, because we park (laughs) right on the road. I'm with a group of people who have a bus, so they literally park on Abbott Road in a hammer lot. (laughs) So we stand okay. on the sidewalk and have to like let people go by while we're getting hammered and yelling shit, holding up signs. So it's a really oh good God, chance that our pets did cross. Yeah, man. Like normally I always go. And so I always try to go to a couple of away games. Um, I always try to go to at least when the bills go to Miami because it's Miami. Right. Like, I mean, like why not just make a vacation <laughs> out of it? And I always try to go to at least one home game, but I regret not going to two last year, especially with, you know, with, Practically all things considered, there is right. nothing that I would rather be doing than tailgating. Like right, right before that Ravens game or right I, yeah. Eagles game. Dude, come on. Yeah. I made it to the Eagles game as well last year. Did you? That was the only two games I went to. And I'm, 
oddly enough, my wife and I talked about before we found out we were having a kid, we talked about, well, let's get season tickets. Cause once you buy aftermarket tickets and you pay the fees, yeah. you're, you go to two games, you've almost paid for one season ticket at that point. I mean, I, I bought four tickets to the Patriots game and I think I spent almost $600 right there. So I thought we really thought about it. And then we decided not to once we found out we're having the baby. Good thing we didn't because nobody went to a game until two weeks ago. But, but you would have had first dibs and so right to a ticket, like right to either the Colts or the Ravens game, right? Yeah. You, they, nope. so apparently they went down their list. Uh, if you went to the first game, you couldn't go to the second game. They just kept going down their season ticket. I list. thought it was seniority for who's held tickets longest. Oh, yeah. Possibly, but you can only go to one or the other. Yeah, you could go to both. You okay. had to like yeah. pick one if you That's went a to good the system. Though. It is, yeah. I mean, they got, clearly have a lot of tickets. So, yeah, well, I, had I asked you that because Adam and I were talking the other day. There was what three missed kicks in this game, and I read a lot on social media people talking about how I can't believe Tucker missed those kicks. I saw even Bills fans saying, uh, "I'm not really sold on Bass," and I can't believe he missed it. And Adam and I were talking. I don't think people realize that the prevailing wind in that stadium is a crosswind. It was ripping too. It is not a straight straight wind down the field up the field. It is straight across the straight across the stadium, and that stadium actually sits down in the ground a little bit. It's not just right on top of the surface. Like you have to go down in a little bit. Yeah, I don't think people realize that. And so honestly, I think people can't be upset like with Bass either. I mean, I understand he had his struggles at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But I mean, this man has been so consistent for us, like from like weeks from week six on. Right. From that point by itself. So I mean, I'm not willing to. Uh, well, like then again, I do not want any game moving forward to be decided by him since he is a rookie. And I know yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, that's oh, yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather not find that out for a game winning kick when the game is on the line and it just so happened to be his first attempts during the AFC championship. But I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah. And so like, I mean, I wouldn't hang him from the cross just yet. That's for sure. 49 yards with a crosswind. I wasn't upset about. No, I thought that that one eye, eye black on one side, I think it leans them one way or the other. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, we'll see what's going on. Like, I mean, say, for example, that anyone gets mad at Bass for missing that kick. I mean, the best kicker perhaps ever is two on Saturday night. So, I mean, there's definitely definitely some factors that a lot of, like, the mainstream mainstream sports media doesn't take into account. Right. Do a lot of talk, and they don't do a lot of their homework or actually know what they're talking about. Yeah, like Nick Wright, hate that. <laughs> I watched one video of that dude, and I would probably drown him in a shallow puddle of piss if I could. A shallow puddle of piss. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That, and then I'm pretty sure Bailey's was saying that Baker is a better quarterback than Josh Allen earlier. That sort of jazzed me up a bit earlier this week. Yeah. Oh, oh, I yeah. did hear that. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's all over him. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. And I heard today uh, Colin Cowherd thinks they should push back the AFC championship game until Mahomes is ready to play. What? No one would ever forgive the NFL. They no. are not dumb enough to do that. Right. They're not dumb enough to do that. Right. Yeah. We'll get into that, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, not unless, like, not unless, like, they did, like, some massive conspiracy and Patrick Mahomes gets COVID while he's getting his concussion treatment <laughs> oh we have to postpone it to next week sorry but right whatever 
Well, you shouldn't be yeah. at practice anyway. <laughs> concussion protocol. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> All right. So next thing, obviously the biggest probably play of the game, and Dan, I did watch your reaction again. I actually had it up. I had your live stream up on my <laughs> iPad when it happened. Yeah. But I, uh, I wasn't. I was, I was paying attention to TV. But what was your initial reaction to the Taron Johnson interception? Because I know first thing I thought was, "You idiot, go down." Don't try to return that. Yeah. And then when he got to about the 10, you're like, all right, let's go. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually hurdled, I hurdled my couch. I was like jumping. So I, I yeah. was pretty pumped up. And I know obviously seeing a video of you, you were yeah. ecstatic. So bro, here's the thing, right? Like, I mean, I think it just happened so fast and it was a roller coaster and a culmination of me being really intoxicated and me being nervous like just basically visualizing Lamar Jackson running it in or something along those lines and just making the game a hell of a lot closer than it should have been uh but dude the second I saw him pick that off I was just in a pure state of euphoria like I blacked out a little bit like I like completely <laughs> spaced out I didn't see what's happening and dude was probably in my opinion one of the biggest plays that happened in Bill's history for the past 20, 25 years. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would say one of the biggest ones to happen. Um, fun fact too. He only has two career interceptions yeah. and both of them are pick sixes. And both of them were when he was playing on primetime on NBC. Yep. Yeah. Too bad game's not on primetime <laughs> <No>. this week. <laughs> NBC. And so it's on NBC. No, it's not. Oh, it should not. be. Fun. Should be just for Taryn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but uh, yeah, dude, crazy stuff. I actually crazy. called the turnover. Uh, they got to be like first and goal. And I yeah. just looked at Elliot. and I'm like, he's going to turn it over yeah. here. Yep. I thought the defense timing was perfect the way they ran that scheme. They blitzed him nonstop. They were just sending the house. It felt like every time they were going to force him to throw the ball and they threw, mm -hmm. through man coverage on the one or two receivers, they would split out. And then they got first and goal, and they got to be third and goal. I'm like, he's going to have to throw it here. He's probably anticipating some sort of rush, and they only ran rush four, dropped everybody else back into coverage, and Lamar doesn't know what to do with the ball when that happens. Yeah. A recipe for disaster for him. Yeah, I didn't call the pick, but I was watching with my family, and my dad's a lifelong Bills fan. Before the play, I looked at him, and I said, this is this is the biggest play in the game. I didn't know what was going to happen, whether, like you say, Lamar run it in, or thank God Johnson had the pick, but I just kind of had a feeling – the biggest play of the game was about to happen. And it did. Yeah. yeah. And so realistically, like with that game, I mean, we had a damn plan for Lamar and that entire run game. We really did like our highest paid line in the entire NFL decided to show up a little late, but I think at the same time at the perfect time, I mean, Zach city, like keeping him in the pocket. I mean, I can maybe remember one or two like big runs where like, he, like, was either Lamar or his running backs that like we had a complete answer for this entire team. And yep. I was not expecting our defense to win this one for us. Yeah. And I, th yeah. I think Phil yeah, running against us too. He only had like 40 yards last year, 34. Yeah. yeah, I think. Yep, exactly. And even though they gave up, I don't know what they gave up, like 150 around there. They yeah. obviously 150 seems like a lot, but to the Ravens, that is, Nothing, nothing compared to what that's, that's nothing, nothing to what they usually do. And every time like 245 I, against the Titans the week before. Yeah, right. And I think a big piece of that was the 
defensive backs. I thought they set the edge really well. Um, there wasn't, yeah, like you said, there wasn't many big run plays. Um, I think everybody kind of stepped up. I'd like to know, I don't know, I don't have the stat with me, but how many first down plays were like two yards or less? Because that's when you, that's when you get Baltimore in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, man, I wouldn't know. But I mean, I do not imagine that, you know, (laughs) that uh, was a lot for sure. I did not imagine that that was a lot. I mean, Adam, you mentioned like they set the edge. I noticed that as well. I thought Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes did a good job of not getting too deep in the pocket. I know Hughes is notorious for coming off the edge, dipping his shoulder, trying to get underneath the the lineman to you know grab a hold of the quarterback. And him and even Murphy, those guys didn't get too far, you know, inside and on the edge and too deep into the pocket. That's where Lamar takes off. You get too deep, too committed, and he just goes around the outside and he takes off. I thought they did a very good job of not getting too deep, focus more on keeping a pocket in front of him so that if he did split out, someone was probably going to be there to grab a hold of him and he couldn't really go up the middle. So they clearly had some sort of game plan for him that worked. It might be a blueprint for other teams moving forward. Yep. Uh, so, Dan, this next question, I'm going to combine kind of the two, two topics I sent you from Brian Dable. So I would say he is now staying in Buffalo, which I think a lot of people are excited about now that he didn't get the Chargers job. But do you think it's potentially going forward? Obviously, we'll see this week. I think the offense has struggled, and I think it's more play calling than anything the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I think he hasn't been as creative um, just getting Josh to do what he needs to do. Uh-huh. It seems like he's, he's being a little more conservative with play calling the past couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a tremendous point. I mean, I think that you and I and the the um, so the rest of the gentlemen on this show are completely in agreement that we think that, that the play calling hasn't necessarily been up to par. But I mean, as much as he'll deny it, as much as he'll deny it, those interviews that he was going through those first two weeks, he was distracted. Let's be completely honest. Right. Because yeah. not only do you need to sit down and come up with a game plan in the playoffs, but then you also need to figure out how you can sit down with this new organization and pitch to them why you are the guy. There's going to be a lot of whiteboard. There's going to be a lot of like scheme situations. He's studying for two different things. One is for his personal career and one is for the team. I mean, it's just going to happen like that. Um, thank God he's back. Thank God he's back. Thank God the Chargers are complete dumbasses and they ended up going with that guy from the (laughs) LA Rams rather than an offensive coordinator who has already proven that he can develop a young quarterback with promising arm talent. I have no idea why the hell they didn't take him, but I mean, I'm not complaining. I mean, I'm completely fine with him going on ahead and staying for the Bills for one more year. But as far as this week too, I mean, there's always things that, that you need to look at where... Brian Dable always seems to rise up to his competition. And as much as everyone was like, oh, okay, the Baltimore Ravens, this is going to be a test for us. But I mean, I hate to bring up this take because it pissed me off so much last year when people said it about the Bills that we didn't play anybody. But, but it's true, right? Like the Ravens' last six games were against like bottom dwellers of the entire AFC. <laughs> and they ended up beating the Titans, um, who, in my opinion, were a relatively overrated team in general we just had a really bad game against them that one week when they had all like the sort of missed schedule uh but yeah let's just hope that Dable and the offense in general can go on ahead and rise up 
great to the occasion this time because, I mean, I have very rarely seen so far this year where the Buffalo Bills have three blah, like the offensive performances. So, I mean, yeah. um, I'm really, I'm really, really hoping we see this. I'm hoping that Beasley feels 100%. Hoping Diggs feels 100%. And uh, we'll see what's going on there. Would you? So, getting in one since losing to the Chiefs, by the way. Right. Let's say lost to the Chiefs. I don't remember what week it was. The third, 11 and one. Week six. Yeah. But you're absolutely yeah, right. We actually talked about it in our podcast last week what, what they've actually, who they've played, the Ravens. And it was like, what I say, the last five games. The only team they played with a winning record was Cleveland. The other four games, I believe, were the Bengals. Was it their last game, which they had to win to get into the playoffs, which was an easy game considering they don't even have Burrow. And then they played the NFC East. They played Dallas, uh, I believe the Eagles maybe, and the Giants. Those were the other games. Yeah. And so just give me – so, I mean, really at the end of the day, maybe Dable was just looking at it from this perspective that he didn't need to dial it up this early into the playoffs, especially since he was anticipating us to see a lot scarier opponents moving forward. And the Chiefs are damn scary. And, I mean, I'm not trying to, like, speak this into existence because I'm not trying to jinx it, but either the Bucks and the Packers are pretty damn scary too. So I think that we need to go on ahead and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, let's just hope that that's the case. Let's hope that the distractions are completely out of the way. And, uh, yeah, would love to see Josh Allen throw up 40, 50 points against the Chiefs. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing would make me happier. Yeah, and I, th- I think that you, you just brought up a point with the Packers and Bucks too. I, th- I think potentially this – you probably have the best four teams in the NFL still left. Because I, I, I would put the Bucks up there. Obviously, that's the only team that everybody's been questioning all year. But – I think I would put them at least in the top five in the NFL teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I did look today for for a little side note. Uh, The only team that scored more points in the Bills in the regular season was the Packers by eight points. Just by eight points? Eight points. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. And so, so many people, right? Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many people are, are in my comment section, my DMs being like, oh, dude, like, just wait, like, you know, and for the Chiefs to blow you guys out by 14, 20 points. I'm like, y'all haven't been doing that all fucking year. Squeaking <laughs> by some of the worst opponents in the place of the planet, seven to eight points. And that, and so that again, like, I'm being a total hypocrite because nothing pissed me off more when I heard those two narratives right at the Buffalo Bills last year. But I mean, I suppose hindsight's twenty twenty. It's true. It I mean, you can't really pick who you play either. I mean, there could oh, be years. The schedules could yeah. be tough. You never know, but it is yeah. what it is. It's a timing thing. So, yeah. Ask the Steelers yep. for eleven five percent of your season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then so getting into this week's game, Dan, what do you think keys are to beat KC, and what kind of game? Obviously, we've been talking about a little bit. What kind of game do you think it's going to be? I said it depends on Mahomes too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, let's just say the the most likely scenario. I believe that Mahomes is going to play, and so yeah. I mean, I like there like there's almost no doubt in my mind that he's going to be out there. I mean, he does have a foot injury though, so I'm not sure that we're going to be seeing 100% Mahomes out there because mm-hmm. even watching last week before he got that concussion, he was hobbled around the entire second and third quarter going oh. into it. So I mean. Yep. He has a nagging injury going into it, but here's my thing. And this is an unpopular take, but I'm going to go on ahead and I'm going to say it anyway. I think that the Buffalo Bills 
need to perform and run the exact same game strategy that we ran against them when we, when we had them in our house during week six, that week when Clyde Edwards Hilaire ended up completely running all over us. That was a game where we just so happened to be missing Matt Milano. And I think a lot of us understand that when Matt Milano is out there and when Matt Milano was hundred percent, our defense, particularly our run stopping capabilities skyrockets through the damn roof. Bills are undefeated with Milano on the lineup this year. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. And like, I mean, like this is an even separate topic. I don't think he's going to be a bill next year because I don't think we can afford him first off, but let me digress from that. Um, Yeah. Like, honestly, I think that we run the exact same game plan. We completely take away the deep shot. We completely take away any and all opportunities to throw the ball downfield and invite them to run because we ended up figuring out at least yesterday from the number one rushing offense in the entire league to just go on ahead and take advantage. Now, offensively, what I'm going to have to say is, is is that this week we have a bit of an advantage because Josh Allen doesn't have a separated shoulder. Um, I'm not particularly sure what the weather is going to be like in Kansas city. I think last time I checked, it it was supposed to be relatively warm and raining. Let's hope it's not raining. Let's pray to God. It's not raining. It's funny that we say that, you know, Oh, and so a quarterback from the Buffalo bills doesn't play too bad. (laughs) Doesn't play too good (laughs) in bad weather, you know, like, but let's hope the rain can go on ahead and die down and just like let that air raid attack go. Because frankly, I'm not scared of the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Maybe, of course, by that one defensive tackle, Chris Harris, right? Yeah. Chris Harris, him, obviously, he's a game wrecker. But, I mean, really, at the end of the day, I think our offensive line has been doing fantastic, especially against these big-time playing defensive linemen. And I'm not scared of their secondary at all. Maybe minus the Honey Badger. But, I mean, I think that – and so, like, I think that our receivers match up a hell of a lot better – to the majority of DBs that are going to be lining up against our complete fire squad of a receiver core we have. So I'd say that those would be my keys of the game moving into it. So you yeah, think Mahomes you plays? Know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a question for all of you, and I, I think I need Russ and Adam to answer this on the hockey end of this. I'm going to tie this in. I've been watching since I am a stay-at-home dad, and I sit around and feed my kid and change shitty diapers all day. I watch a lot of ESPN. Yeah. Uh, they've been talking on ESPN. They've showed the replay a lot of him getting tackled. Uh, they've kind of said that, well, he, he didn't really hit his head. That's what, that's what they keep saying. And they're saying it's a stinger in the nerve of the neck that causes concussion-like symptoms. Now, the hockey tie-in here is Sidney Crosby. They said mm-hmm. Crosby had this almost exact injury in the, you know, the C1, C2, whatever it was, vertebrae in his neck. They couldn't figure out. They treated it as a concussion, and he missed like a season and a half, they said. Yeah, he, he had substantial concussion issues when he was younger. Uh, the one thing I know from hockey is you can you can sustain a concussion from whiplash where right. your head is not the point of contact. So right. just because he wasn't hit in the head doesn't mean he can't have a concussion. Right. So that's what I keep hearing this week is it's something to do with the nerve in his neck. Now, I prefer well, – do the Bills have an easier game if he doesn't play? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I would prefer the Bills go out and beat the Chiefs with Mahomes yeah. playing. I really would prefer yeah. that. Yeah, I don't want that asterisk of, well, what would have happened if he played. Right. My yeah, exactly. Is- Honestly, like, I just want it. If we win, I want to beat them at their best. And that sounds corny as shit. But, I mean, sure you don't. know that all the doubters are just going to say that, oh, Mahomes is in there. Yeah, this would be a, you yes. know, total right. different game. Well, it'll be last season's whole debate about was the season easy or not. They'll just say, well, you only made it through the playoffs because you didn't have to play Mahomes. Right. So, it, 
it'll be nice to finally squash the naysayers who at this point it's like how are you not seeing what's happening yeah. i feel like we'll they'll always josh is always getting naysayers people are just unfamiliar with the bills because we're a small market well it's like they've given up on them for the last 20 years and they they don't even want to think about right. the fact that this franchise could actually be coming back right so i am sitting back this week and i'm watching the nfl because for the last at least five six years we've heard nothing but player safety player safety player safety and i feel like i'm catching this vibe from everybody of they want Mahomes is going to play, and almost like they're hurrying him back. And they it's like, put it on the back burner almost at this point. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy had to have two people catch him from falling back on his ass, hitting his head or not, whatever he's got going on. If it's a nerve or it's a stinger, like that's not to me that that's more scary than an actual concussion. I feel like if he swatted his head off the ground, he gets back up, you go through protocol. The fact that he went to stand up, couldn't stand up, someone had to help him off the field because he had baby deer legs. To me, that's more scary. If it was Josh, I, I got to be telling you, I'd be sitting here saying, wait, it's been a great year. If for whatever reason, Josh can't play and it's because it's better for you know next year and he's more healthy, then that's what you do. You don't hurry back a guy because you want to go to the Super Bowl like and risk him going out there and taking one shot and all of a sudden he's got issues long term. Yeah, a young gun like that, that's going to yeah. have so many more chances. Especially a guy who just got paid a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 100%. All right. And then uh, getting into our last segment. So, Dan, I texted you earlier. So, we do a thing on the podcast called Three Stars um, each week. Um, so, for you, who are your three stars for the season for the Buffalo Bills? All right. I'm going to give you the two obvious ones. And then I'm going to give you one that I'm not sure a lot of people would agree with me on. Well, maybe once I get my explanation, they will. Uh the first two obvious is Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. I think a lot of them, their chemistry that they've been developed in an unprecedented season. I mean, they missed out on thousands and thousands and thousands of practice snaps without OTAs, without a real training camp, without a preseason. And the chemistry that they were able to make just off of some impromptu workout in Florida over the summer is insane. Like, not only do I think Stefan Diggs makes Josh Allen a hell of a lot better, I think Josh Allen makes Stefan Diggs even better, which is even surprising. I mean, I wouldn't even be able to like think of where this team would be. I still think we would have made the playoffs. I don't see 13 and three without Stephon Diggs. And I don't see 13 and three with the connection that he had with Josh Allen. Um, number three is Jordan Poyer. Soon as when he got paid over the off season, I like, there was just something back in my head. I'm like, oh shit. And so he just got the bag. He's about to be trashed now. Like he's about to be satisfied. He's going to sit back and like really not want to go ahead and try. But I mean, this guy has been an absolute animal when it comes to our secondary and not a lot of people talk about him. They really don't. He's the most underrated safety in the entire NFL. He's, he's some of the glue that holds our defense together. And I mean, I would say that Poyer is in my opinion, between him and Matt Milano, the best players that we have defense that we have on defense today. They're definitely most Those two are definitely most consistent on the team for sure. I go back and forth with Edmonds. I love that draft pick when they made it, but he's very inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, he misses all. He misses a lot of tackles, but and so he's twenty three, he, dude. He's young. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he's, when he shows when he shows up, he shows up. He does. Yeah. Uh, did I see last yeah. week? He actually led the Bills in tackles this year. Yeah. Edmonds did. Yes. What? Yeah. No, I think Poyer did. Poyer. I thought Poyer did. He was at one point, but they threw. I'm pretty sure you have to double check it, but. 
um, Statboy, do you want to get on that? I thought they threw up a graphic at one point, and I was I was surprised because I thought I know Adams at times has been on. I like Edmonds. I think he wasn't 100, percent but he forced himself to play with Milano being out and the timing of it for the betterment of the team. He, you know, he played through injury. I think when he got healthier, he got a lot better. Milano had 13, Edmonds had 12, and Micah Hyde 12 tackles season. Yeah, no, but that's what the season tackles for the season. Season should be more than that. That's like a week and a half. That might be playoffs. You're looking. That at. might be playoffs. Is it just postseason. Yeah. That must be. I was gonna say that. that's what I thought too. I'm like that can't be right. I want to say it was around like. Half. I don't want. I didn't want to guess, but I'm almost sure I saw a. Yeah. Oh, here we go. A graphic. That they I know at one point. I know Poyer at one point had like one yeah. twenty. Maybe near the top. Um, so as Taylor's kind of uh, Dan, so Taylor is our stat man. Um, always got to have a good stat guy. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so as we're winding down, so everyone who's listening, uh, Dan's page on YouTube is Dan Mitchell is the name, and he is also on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, anything else. Um, no, that's, that, that's about it, man. And he's at, at real Dan Mitchell on all three platforms. Yeah. He has come up with some good TikToks lately. So I mean, these other three guys don't have TikTok, but I I do, I do have it. Dude. Like, I feel like a giant creep on there. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, I legitimately just post, like, I like don't even scroll. Just because I know how young everyone is that like posts on there. But I mean, I think the NFL community, in fact, y'all should get on TikTok because like the NFL community is largely underrepresented on that platform. Largely underrepresented. I'll I'll get these guys going on there. So to answer your question, Jordan Poyer led the team with 124 tackles, 91 solo, and Edmonds had 119. So Mm. Poyer had five more than Edmonds. Yeah. So their graphic was wrong, actually. Aaron Johnson, 94, and then there was a little drop-off after those three. I'm telling you, the unsung hero, Jordan Poyer. Yep. He he will be key. Um, So thank you, Dan, for joining us tonight. Uh, Enjoyed it. Maybe we can get you back on after free agency starts right before the draft, get get some draft talk. Yeah, dude, Um, honestly, whenever you guys want. Shoot me a text. Last year we did a live, uh, did a live, live stream, stream for, the for the draft. That'd be cool. Join us for that this year. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, man. Work something out. Definitely come on. Figure that out. Slam, slam some Labatties. Get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. You are welcome on this podcast anytime. You got something you want to vent to us? Just reach out to one of us. We'll get you here. <laughs> My guy. My guy. Anytime, man. Perfect. All right. Thanks for yeah. joining us, Dan. No problem, man. And so that was Dan. That was good. It's good yeah. to have Dan on. Good. Dan is uh let's switch our view here. Um, so yeah, while we have three games left in the NFL season this year, boys. Three. Mm-hmm. Uh seems like just yesterday we didn't even know if we were gonna have an NFL season, and here we are. Yep. So I'm pretty pumped about this. Nervous, probably because I don't think any of us have been in this position in a long time. Like oh. Our team in the playoffs, like one game away from. I haven't seen the Bills in the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game since I was nine years old. Disappointment has been the norm. Yeah, well, they don't even make the playoffs, so I can't even get to this point to be disappointed. That's how all my sports teams are. So yeah, <laughs> Sabres have the longest streak in the NHL. No playoffs. 
I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh prospects, so <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> yeah, they just got just got rid of Musgrove. They're making a trade every week right now, getting rid of all their roster players. It's horrible. Good thing you made that switch from the Giants this year. <clears throat> it's been a couple of years. Yeah, though. it's been a couple. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, two years, two years. That's right. So I want to bring something up. I was going to ask you guys. You kind of brought it up the Dan, uh, the coaching and da- you know Dabble. He interviewed. And just I, the statement I read was he said, I, I just like where I'm at right now. I'm going to do it at least another year. Head coaching is my ultimate goal. It's just not going to be this year is what he said. And then Dan brought a really good point that I've been thinking about for a couple of days about all this coaching carousel thing. And it's not just the bills. Cause I think Leslie Frazier is potentially interviewing someplace. Uh, Brian, is it the enemy from the chiefs? Yeah, yeah. Interviewing. I think it's bullshit. that teams are allowed to interview other teams, coaches and put, them through that process while they're still like in their season in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. I completely agree with that. Like, okay, your season's done. You <clears throat> suck dick. No, you can wait and we can start this when the season's over. So you think there should just be a window, like an interviewing window. They shouldn't be allowed to start interviewing teams. If you have an interest in another team's coach who a coordinator, whoever it might want to be, I think you shouldn't be allowed to interview that team or reach out to them until the season's over for that team. Yeah. Right. Because it could influence their behavior. I think it's like like Dan brought up, like there's no way. I mean, I, I've heard that some of these interviews go from anywhere from like, they could be six to 10 hours. What? It said like a head, a head coaching I, interview could be like 12 hours long. I forget who they said was in Philadelphia this week. They said it was like 12 to 14 hour interview process because you're basically, you're basically sitting there and you are going, you are, you are just as much interviewing them as they are interviewing you because you want to know what their plan is. I get that there's you a lot of whiteboard work and all that, giving them your playbook and whatnot. But it seems like if you've been in a position prior, they would already know so much about the way you call plays. Obviously the, the franchise that you're with is going to determine a lot of yeah. that, but they're going to know if you're an aggressive yep. play caller or, or a lot of what you're going to do in different situations. It seems like they'd be, and it's different this year. I mean, I mean, everything's over probably virtual and Zoom. Think about and this isn't new this year. Every year this happens, and you think about these guys. They take off on a plane for the day to go interview in another town. When you got, you're getting ready for the playoffs. Well, they, those Dale guys jumping on a plane when he's getting ready for the playoffs. Travel. The guys that are still playing have to do it over Zoom, so they're not allowed to travel. Even like last year. Not not last year. Last That's year what I'm they saying. like imagine last year they was, could travel, but yeah. yeah imagine if it they, was the same as last year. These guys are jumping on a plane. They're missing at least a day. And I think it's I think it's bullshit that teams are allowed to do that to other teams, you know, that are you know in that position. Yeah, maybe maybe we put in a window. I'm sorry, Chargers, that you sucked this year and you didn't make the playoffs. That doesn't mean you go pluck somebody else's coach while he's in the middle of the season just because yours is over. Yeah. I don't agree with that. And I understand from the team's perspective, hiring is obviously every week or two you can get them in earlier is a huge plus for you because, right, you have two and a half months basically to get ready for the draft and start figuring out. You have, well, six weeks until free agency. So you, so you're, I understand you want to get guys in. And Houston's a perfect example of that, I think. So yesterday they, they narrowed their search down. They have four guys on the final on the final list, and two of the coaches are still coaching. And Leslie Frazier, Bill's defense coordinator, and Eric Bieniemy, the 
offensive coordinator or whatever they call him um, in, in Kansas city. So. I just don't agree with it. I just been noticing that all week and I'm like, these guys are done for the year, but these guys are not, but you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, like chasing I, your ex-girlfriend. Like, I know you got a new boyfriend, but could you just come on? Just come on over back here. <laughs> hang out with me for the night. Like, what is No. All I don't right. agree with it. Bring that cactus over. <clears throat> yeah. You still got the cactus? I do. I should probably water it. That that shows how irresponsible I am when my cactus might be dead. I don't even know. <laughs> Jesus. That's not good. All right, so let's talk. Uh, I have a I have a question before we move from yeah. football. I we, I know he had topics already set up, so I didn't want to ruin the flow. But what was your guys' thought on Huntley when he came in? Were you guys impressed by the way he played? Just uh, Bills game when Lamar got hurt. Oh, that yeah, uh, yeah. Um, My question, I guess, I, I was curious to see your reactions of asking how you thought he played. But if he had been in the game with 10 more minutes, do you think that there would have been more of a different outcome? Cause it seemed like there was nothing working for their offense until he got in. It seemed like they started to actually change the tempo of the game and start to move the ball a lot better. I don't think it would have changed the outcome because that one drive or whatever he played was enough film for them to go to the sidelines and whip up something to scheme to shut him down. True. All right. I, I just that, thought it was worth mentioning because when he came in, yeah. it, it just seemed like I don't know. You guys think game about that? The other three quarters. But I feel like nowadays technology, like you pull open a tablet and you're like, "Oh, this is what he's been doing," or this yeah. is what they're running with him. Yeah, something to kind of counter it, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that Lamar is still who Lester's MVP. Obviously, he's definitely got some, I'll say, issues. I don't know whether we're to use passing. He's he's still a very good player. And actually, while we're on that with Lamar, I do want to shout out my cousin. Uh, was actually one of the first ones to post on the charity donations to Lamar's charity, the the backpack. So my cousin was first one to kind of get that started. So definitely a shout out to him. I know he's been interviewed by quite a few news news crews out of Louisville area, which is where the um, charity is from. And I think a couple of others have interviewed him. So give him a quick shout out. But yeah, I don't. I I think Lamar is still last year's MVP. He still. I I think. He's still very exciting to watch. Um, I really enjoy watching him. Obviously, he hasn't had good games against Buffalo the past two seasons, but I, I do enjoy watching him play. And I think I think he's just missing. And it's something I didn't. I don't want to bring up this week, but I think we should talk about here in a few weeks. Your guys' thoughts on Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, um, both because obviously those guys will be due contracts very soon. Do you pay them what they're worth? Cause they're going to get well over a hundred million, probably their next contracts, or do you uh, try to figure something else out? But I think we can get in that later after, after we see the, the bills raising the Lombardi. We can do that. Uh, the other game, the other games, I guess, were uh, like you said, chiefs Browns. Uh, we, we all know that Mahomes is a story. Now he goes down. Um, I thought the chiefs had their chance there. I mean, they had a chance with him out. But then when they had the ball with, like, eight minutes left, they didn't really move it. They had their opportunities there. And then I, I feel like the play of the game there was allowing Chad Henney to run for 15 or 14 yards to get a first down. Like, okay. The Browns had their chances. Yes. Did I say Chiefs? Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
trying to figure out where you're going with that. Yeah, Chiefs had their chance. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like wait a minute, they won the game. They definitely had their chances. <laughs> the Browns definitely had their chances. Yeah, I, that play specifically, I agree with you. Where, yeah, Henny came in, it was whatever, third and really long or something. Like third and 14. It's like, how did nobody yeah, yell, like, and he, turn around? Yeah, and he was able to run for that first down or just short of it, and then they got him. Either way, yeah, they, they all backed up like they were trying to prevent a Hail Mary or something, and just allowed him to run. That was yeah. a little surprising. Uh, Browns covered, though. All of us had that, except for <clears throat> D-dubs. Oh. We'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> I'm playing on oh, you, can, you, can, you can win them all. Uh, the other game, Packers-Rams. This wasn't a shocker to me. I mean, I, I think I've been saying all year that I thought the Rams were continually to be overrated, in my opinion. I just don't think they were as good as they've been in the past. But week to week, people kept just giving them the benefit of the doubt. They were constantly a favorite on the books in Vegas. We saw them lose straight up to the Jets uh, this year. Uh, it was a feel-good moment for me. <laughs> yeah, not for me, even though the Jets won another one. But uh, I just – I was never buying the Rams' talent this year or their abilities. And then you you toss in Jared Goff two weeks off thumb surgery going into a 30-degree Lambeau feud, field. I just felt like those combinations didn't really work. And you have Aaron Rodgers, who's going to put up points. So, to me, that game wasn't a shocker. No, yeah, obviously Rodgers playing well. I, I, I'm guessing we'll get into a little bit, but that that game this week with Tampa and Green Bay is going to be. I think it's going to be a very good. Uh, both both games, I think, are going to be very good. Right, um, but I think Rodgers is playing unbelievable right now. I was just looking up Goff's contract because I think that's an interesting team. I don't think if, – if they have just a touch better of a quarterback, that team is very good, and I don't think – and Akers was obviously hurt most of the year, but I think they finally figured out, like, the last four or five weeks that Akers can be a top back. He can catch out of the backfield. He's kind of shown that last two weeks. He's had over 150, maybe over 160 scrimmage yards the past two weeks um, in each game. So I, I think they've, they've got a running back. Their receivers are decent. Um, that Van Jefferson, I think they were high on him all year, and he finally played a little bit better this year with, or this past week with Cup out. Um, defense is elite, probably, or obviously. Um, but I think golf is a struggle, but he's not a free agent until 2025. So I don't think he can. Next year, right? That yeah, big, yeah. That... Yep. The extension, he was four year, I think it was 135 million yeah, in next year. That's tough. It's like worse than Carson Wentz's contract. They said it's it's equally bad. Like, what do you do? Like, if you're not going to keep him, like, who's going to take it? Well, how do you pay for other people on the team when you're eating up that big of a chunk of a salary? I mean, it's year to year, so it depends on the cap. And don't don't get Russ going. On salary I, we don't cap. have to go there again. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying it seems irresponsible is all. I mean, um, I think I think Allen's going to get paid a lot here very soon. So I did hear that. They were going to potentially offer Allen a contract to make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That's what Which I, we know Mahomes just got half a billion dollars. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Craziness. Uh, the other game and was. Billions with a B. Yeah. Buck Saints. <laughs> I thought the Saints would pull this off. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take away anything away from the way the Bucks are playing right now. But I felt like some of their victory here was the Saints turned the ball over. They gave up. Bucks scored 21 points off turnovers. Yeah. And Drew Brees was like the Oprah of interceptions. Like, you get an interception, you get an interception, and you get an interception. 
Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I completely agree. That was the Bucks defense yeah. turned that around. Um, yeah, Breeze didn't really look good. That wasn't done. the way I wanted yeah, to see him go. In my opinion, yeah, we've seen the last of Drew Breeze. I think so, too. Yeah, do you guys – and obviously we had this debate. I don't know how long ago you guys asked me about Jameis. Obviously, I'm a big Jameis fan. But do you guys think if they put him in, even after he throws that touchdown pass, if they put him in, do you think they hold on to that? That win? Um, I don't know. Breeze, Breeze just seemed like he, he wide receiver for the touchdown. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was wide open, but it just seems like Breeze could, he can't get the ball more than 15 yards downfield. It seems like he's just he, he was struggling. So I, that's why I'm wondering if if that opens it up, knowing because obviously Tampa knows right that Breeze can't get that ball downfield, right? And they only lost Tampa only lost to Breeze one time this year, I think, because I think Taysom was in the other game. I don't remember exactly. Um, I'm not sure, but yeah. I, I, I'd be curious if, if they put Jameis in knowing, cause knowing Jameis can throw the ball, that obviously opens up the game for Kamara a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Kamara got the ball enough. No, but he, he did win me a bet over 104 scrimmage yards. So yeah, I'll take it. Didn't he only have like 11 carries or something like that? Or yeah, I don't, I don't know what this is. I'm more worried about the yards. So, but I thought he made me, I don't know, and Michael Thomas making $20 million a year at zero catches on four targets. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't I think, think that was. I don't think Jameis, I don't think Jameis would have hurt them in the condition Breeze is in right now. Right. I don't know. If, would he have won the game? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I think that, but he definitely would not have hurt them either. Yeah. Would you? So would you guys obviously stand on that game? I thought it was a pretty cool moment, but. I'm sure all of you have seen the video of Brady going back out and having the conversation with Breeze. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Obviously, we obviously some of us aren't. We're not. I'm not going to put you in it, Russ, because I got I yelled at it last time. <laughs> we're not. We're not big fans of Brady, but um, but I thought that was a pretty cool moment. And obviously, they're good friends and been in the league forever. Um, and I and obviously just him playing with his playing with his kid. Hopefully, you know they're close contact. I don't want. <laughs> Anything happened to Brady, I guess, but um, I, th- I thought that was a, a pretty neat moment, um, yeah. him going out and then having that conversation. Yeah, I thought that was a cool moment. And I think the last time you said a guy that we all absolutely hate, and I said, oh, right. absolutely hate. Right. Oh, but uh, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, that was a nice moment. You know, saw Brady throwing the touchdown to uh, one of Breeze's boys. Um, to me, that moment on the field kind of cemented the thought that Breeze is done. And he was just enjoying enjoying some last time. Not that he can't get on that field again. That's what I was saying, yeah. Enjoying a few last moments on that field with his sons. And Brady probably happened to see that, went out there and joined them. And Said he was out there for two hours after the game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I think he goes – I think most games when it's not like a primetime game, he goes out there with his kids after every game that they're there. So, I think that's, that's pretty cool. And, I, and obviously being a kid, being able to go out there, yeah. I know obviously like three, four years ago, I got to go to Cowboy Stadium for an event, for a work event. Um, and I got to go out there and like catch a touchdown pass on Cowboys on the field. That was, that was pretty neat. And I was like 28 years old at the time. But um, yeah. so I can't imagine doing that as, you know, a younger kid. Yep. It's funny that that's an event that was newsworthy because when I was watching the Bills game, I always take notes while I'm watching it instead of trying to look back. And right after the game, they had showed Lamar. He was sticking around 
with Bills fans, like through a gate, taking pictures on Instagram. Oh, uh, at the airport. He signed autographs and stuff. So you know what I'm talking about. I had taken a note about great to see such good energy between the Bills and the Ravens. And then, of course, the next day, the big story after I take the note is the good energy between the Saints and the Bucks. And it's fun to see that because I yeah. feel like a lot of times yeah. you see this time of year, <clears throat> guys even refusing to shake hands and stuff like that. So to watch them all playing around, it's yeah. like, feels nice. Yeah. Any feel good story right now. I'll take. The, the donations that Lamar started when he got hurt. That's kind of where yeah. that, that spawned. Yeah, that was nothing uh, negative or making fun of him for losing. That was all. Uh, yeah, he got yeah. hurt. We want to show you some support kind of thing. Yeah. I know like that hit people were like, well, it's roughing the passer. I'm in my living room freaking out. I'm like, they better not throw a flag. I mean, right. That's a fumble. First of all, there's a, I had my, I had my hands up in the air. I was, I was hoping for yeah. safety. Like, first of all, it's a fumble. He's no longer a passer now. Yep. <laughs> that's a loose ball. So you're going to treat him like a runner or a guy's going to pick up that yeah. ball and do something with it. And that one was the exact opposite of Mahomes, where Mahomes, we think it might have been a whiplashy neck kind of yep. thing. Uh, Lamar Jackson clearly slammed the back of his head right yeah. off the ground. You could see him. He immediately grabbed his head when yep. yeah, I knew that wasn't good. Yeah, yeah they were – when they had him on the ground there, they were, like, messing with his legs. And I was like, what did – did?" because I forget who – it was Edmonds and Milano, I think, were back there. Um, I was like, oh, maybe one of them, like, landed on his leg wrong. Then when they showed the replay, you you clearly knew what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Even, obviously, being turf, that hurts much worse. But even even this time of the year in the cold, even I guess talking about Lambo and even Arrowhead this week, grass at this time is it's frozen. It's it doesn't feel good. No, yeah, that was my thought. Was I'm sure that they'll find a way to play him because it seems like the protocol has kind of gone to the back burner. But I remember reading an article recently that people that ride jet skis have problems with concussions just from shaking up and down on waves so you can't tell me that a hit like that doesn't cause some level concussion i just don't understand how you can yeah. force someone through the system to get it's, them back see, on the i'm field. telling you everything i mean i don't know what the chiefs are doing i don't that i don't know what what's going on there but media wise everything i watch on like outlets and stuff they're like you know, they feel like they're rushing. I'm like, at one isn't point, it less the Chiefs and more if an NF, isn't there an NFL doctor that has to so here's the thing. sign off on that? It's more than that. So they got to put him through protocol. Protocol is a standard of five days. It goes five to seven days, they said, is the standard for the NFL protocol for concussions. Even if this is like the neck injury we talked about, it still gives you concussion like symptoms. You have to treat it as such. Sounds like a scapegoat to get out of the protocol, if you ask me. Nope, still got to go through a protocol. Oh, even if they say that is As the soon injury. as they put to say you're in concussion protocol, you have to stay in protocol. So, yes, a team doctor says you're you're concussed. They pulled him out of the game. He can then be cleared by the team doctor. He has to then be cleared by an independent doctor. Okay, good. That's not part of the NFL. He has Not to that I don't want to see him play, but I no, want to see just, this. Rules my thing, rules, man. Like I said earlier, I mean, my thing is, is like, I understand you want to, there's a Chiefs fan. I'm trying to put all my bias aside here in this analysis. You just pay this guy a shitload of money. And if he's really, if it's to me, the neck, that neck issue, whatever might to me, I feel like is more risky than a concussion. I could be wrong. I'm not a doctor, but to me, I feel like if it's something to do with your nerve and your neck and it's anything in your, in your vertebrae, <laughs> like to me, I think that'd be more risky to like, mm -hmm. you know what? You can go play football today. Mm -hmm. You might take a hit or two, but eh, don't worry about it. We need to win this game because we want to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, yeah, sure. The guy goes out there and takes a hit. And now he has, so I did read that people have had, it's, it's very possible that if he has this nerve issue and goes out 
too soon and somehow re-injures that area, they said he could have long-term mobility issues for like months. I wouldn't doubt it. They said, I mean, nothing said it was paralyzing, but he could have mobility issues for like days to months. Like, why would you risk that? If you're Mahomes, why would you risk that? Yeah. I mean, you're literally pissing a half a billion dollars away. Yeah, because oh, I could see that being the guaranteed yeah. money, right? So that's just my take. I mean, I hope he plays because I want to see the Bills beat the best of the Chiefs. I don't want to hear any excuses, but I feel like as we got to use a little common sense in the NFL, you can't preach safety. But I did hear today that that he has to be cleared by an independent doctor that is not part of the NFL. I mean, if this was week three going into week four, there's no way we would see Mahomes this week. Exactly. I just, I have that feeling that they will somehow find a way to get him in that game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't even, uh, I guess he, my buddy texted me earlier. He said Yahoo reported that he was out this week already, even though obviously nothing's been confirmed yet. Yeah, and I said, I'm not yeah. ruling him out until Chad Henney walks on that field yeah. Sunday yeah. evening. I, I see Mahomes in street clothes. I, I think if, if he has a substantial issue and he is truly out, we wouldn't know that before Saturday at the earliest. Right. right. You know. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs are going to release that information. Almost as like a gamesmanship of yeah. we don't want you to prepare right. for Henny yeah, yeah. compared to Mahomes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Just I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't say anything at all until just before game time, and he strolls out there and warms up on the field. It does make sense strategically. You know, put him on the field even if he's not playing. Optics. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so before we hop off football, real quick, do you guys? I know I'm, you guys think I'm weird sometimes, but. Uh, do you guys <laughs> do you guys have any superstitions going on? Because I have one really big superstition that so the week of the Chargers game, as the game ended, I took my Trey White jersey off and I folded it and I put it on our bar. I left it folded there. The next week we went to Kyle's house to watch the Niners game, I believe it was Monday night. I grabbed it, put it on, went to his house. I got home. They won again. I folded it up, put it back on the bar. Every week since then, I've folded my jersey, put it on the bar. My wife tried to make me move it last week. I was like, no, you cannot touch that. Let me know if you need a divorce they, lawyer. I can try it. <laughs> they have not lost since I folded that and put it on the buffet table. And I, I, so now I like have to do it. I don't know. Obviously, it's something weird, but I, I am very superstitious. <laughs> I am like anti-superstition. I don't really believe in it. I've, I think the last three games I've watched at three different places. I've watched one at my apartment. I think I watched one here. And then this past one, I watched over my sister's house or her family. So I, I clothes, did tell Kyle. Underwear. The only thing I've done the same every Bills game is in the morning. I've taken a shit and a shower in the morning. So you do that anyway. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So my answer is no. Even, even, even Kyle, right? I told you Kyle asked me the Colts game. He's like, are you coming to my house? I said, no, the last two playoff games, we've been at your house and they lost. So I'm not coming. So if I couldn't do it. So I won't say when, because I don't want to jinx it because you're superstitious. So if they get to the Super Bowl and like we have a Super Bowl party, you're you're just going to stay at home and watch by yourself. (laughs) So that's my big debate because you, you, like, oh, usually this it's like, Bowl, damn it, I didn't think of that. You're uninvited. I see now. I see here. Usually, usually the Super Bowl, we go to my parents' house because my birthday's always around the Super Bowl. So that's when we have my like birthday dinner. We have my mom makes fried chicken because that's what I, what I want every year. So we always go to their house 
but I don't know if I can this year. Like, I don't know if I can go and watch the game because your wife and kids are going to your parents to celebrate your birthday. Just watch and you're going to stay home. That's right. <laughs> and then, I, and then I'm driving to Buffalo for a fucking parade on Thursday. I, I don't really have any superstition. I, I have noticed that I think I wear either a different Jersey every game or some sort of different bills. Sure. Gotta, I got a shirt, I, same shirt I wear every Sunday. And then when they win, I wear the same shirt Monday. It's really bad. You wash it. I do wash it. Okay. I wear my, I wear my Jumpman 17 shirt on game day. And then I wear my, you dig shirt the, the day after they win. Oh my God. I don't, I can't say I have any, <laughs> I, I, to answer your question though, if they make the Super Bowl, uh, I don't know if it's gonna be possible. I'm going to try to try to make it happen. Uh, I want my brother to come home and watch it with me because yeah. I was nine, 10 years old. The last time the bills were there and my brother and I had to watch Super Bowls on the TV. Like I said, they had like 12 dials that clicked. You had to swat the side of it to get the picture. A wood frame around. Yes. <laughs> Desk size. It was like, you know what I mean? It was like the size of that yeah. laptop. So I'm kind of the same way with my dad. He's been a lifelong bills fan. Yeah. So if they get to the Super Bowl, I kind of feel like I've got to just go over and watch with him. So it's tough. <clears throat> Maybe what we can do is tailgate in the backyard before the team, before everyone goes upset. Before the game. <laughs> that might grill, be dangerous. I could do that. Grill out and do something like that and then go on our way. I'll get a, I'll get a ride ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. I just, I think that's my wish. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it because of his job, but we need to buy some plastic tables as well. Oh boy. You're going to go through. Oh, if, if we find a plastic table, if they win the Super Bowl, I'll go through one. Can Taylor throw you through it from the roof? That's going to be the promo for the fight. <laughs> <laughs> from the shed roof. I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to throw you through the table. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the promo for the fight. Goodness. All right, let's uh, guys ready to move on from football. Well, while we're on football, why don't we do our bet? Real we quick. do have our bet. So yeah. the update is Adam, you're in the lead right now. You have seven points. I think you have six. You and I, I think are tied at five. I took the uh, risky pick, taking the Rams and the points, trying to separate myself, and it didn't work. Adam, I have a sheet here for you, so I will just right. keep it consistent. I'll circle it for you whenever you pick. So if you want to sure circle the right ones, I will. Don't worry. All right, if you want to go ahead with your first pick, Adam, Bills, Chiefs, the line is three. Bills getting th three, Chiefs minus three. I'm taking Bills. All right. I as well have the Bills plus three. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I would ever not. The, the only reason I was debating about the Chiefs was again to go against the green on the bet. If it goes that way, then dude. That seems yeah. if we're talking superstitions. If the Bills if you lose fit 40 bucks, whatever it is, because the Bills win and go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> I'll buy you dinner. <laughs> I yeah, and I think I, I think a lot of us are on the same page here. Obviously, this line is minus three for the Chiefs right now. If somehow, whenever they rule Mahomes in or out, that I think that line's going to change, obviously, in favor of KC or against KC, in favor of Buffalo, as I soon think, as that is determined. I think if Mahomes plays, knowing that he's potentially doing with a foot injury and stuff, I could see the line staying the same. If they rule him out, I would see the Bills becoming the favorite. That'd be, yeah. So, so no matter what, well, if we're all picking the Bills, it doesn't matter. Are you picking the Bills? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I guess it doesn't really matter. Right. 
right. Uh, next pick, Adam, is also the line is three. Bucks plus three, Packers minus three. I'm taking Rodgers. He looks too good. Um, probably MVP of the league. So I gotta, I'm going to take Rodgers. I am also on that same train. I have the Packers minus three. I just, same thing. I think Rodgers is the MVP as much as I like Josh. How many points uh, Stab Boy got right now? He's got five. <laughs> and I have five? You have six. I have six. Adam has seven. Yeah. Shit. Oh. I, I believe the Packers win this game, but for the sake of trying to get in first place in this bat, I'm going to take the Bucks plus three. Strictly for the bet. I believe the Packers. This game's about game. integrity, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to fire me, just like they fired Doug Peters, and go ahead. I have the Bucks. It's Tom Brady in the playoffs. Oh. And I want your money. So so there it is. <laughs> so those are our picks. If we do have a tie going into the Super Bowl, you'll pick the over-under. I think we'll, we'll probably end up having or to score. We'll have to pick a score. score. We'll probably end up having to pick over under anyways if it's within one. So yeah, yeah. Or let's do a board and we'll all just yeah. go around and make picks. Yeah, yeah we'll have to talk about that. We we'll could do over out. over under, or we could predict total points. Total points, and then like as whoever's far off. We'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah, we'll probably need that though. Yeah, I'm sure we will. So. All right, cool. Picks are in. Keep them moving. Keep all right. Moving. Shall we talk? Can I? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Shall go we ahead. Talk? You're, on You're on camera tonight. You're on camera. <laughs> You're on camera. <laughs> I can do you, man. So we talk about one of the slowest players in the league. One of the slowest players in the league? Kevin Nah. Oh, that league. That league. That league. Kevin Nah got a win. He did, and he shot 61. <clears throat> and now he's tied for the most 61s in the PGA Tour history. Really? I would not have guessed. I would not have either. Wait, also did you say he's the slowest in the game? One of the if slowest? you watch the guy, he cannot pull the trigger. He, Dude, he fucking he runs after putts. He might on the green. He might. You should watch him tee to green. He's got that logo on his shirt too. Also has yeah. shot a fifteen at the was it Houston Texas Open. He has the tie with John Daly for the highest score on a hole in the PGA Tour oh, history. Yes. yes, that hole's tough. That hole's tough. That hole's tough. Good for him though. Can I bring it up. Kyle made a nine. Was it in the club championship? I still won. Hey, it's only relevant. Yeah, it's. I don't know what you're talking about. Did you see uh, Brooks's comment when they asked him about? So last week they asked Kisner. Yep. Um, oh, about winning anywhere. About winning anywhere. He said he can't win at Beth Page. I can't win at Tory Pines. I think he said. And they said, "Well, why do you show up then?" He goes, "Well, they pay a lot of money for twentieth place." Mm-hmm. And Brooks, in comedic fashion, <laughs> yes. he wasn't making fun of Kisner. Somebody asked him about that, and he goes, "Yeah, I show up to win. I hear they pay a lot for twentieth, but I'm not interested in that or." <laughs> something like that. It was a good little back and forth between those two. I don't want to hate on him, but I'm not surprised that was his response. I don't yeah. think it was in jest as far as like if it was Bryson. It, yes, yeah. correct. Because him and Bryson yeah. do not get along, I don't think. Russ, you, you mentioned Kevin Nas logo on the back of his shirt. That, yeah. that, I love I love that picture of him reaching in the hole for the ball. Yeah. I had to zoom in. No shit. When I first saw the logo, I thought his caddy like had doing this thing when he, he like He's bent down. It's like it's weird, but I had to zoom in at first. I'm like, I thought it was uh, his caddy had something on his hand. It's like a thumbprint on the back of his shirt when he's hugging because that's the pitch, first picture yeah, I saw. Yeah. It's like, like smeared his thumb. So Adam is just popping yeah. your head. So if you had your own golf logo, what would it be? Oh. You had oh, to put God. your logo like on your bag. I answer this. Well, 
<laughs> Wait, does it have to be like, are we talking like a silhouette like Mickelson and not have? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It'd be the Ken Griffey Jr. logo, but a golfer in the line going right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just, it just, it shot, shot tracks just had it dead right. <laughs> I was going to say it. Fair enough. A gun. Hey, go uh, right over my right barrel. shoulder. Polish rifle, Polish sausage rifle, <laughs> Polish sausage <laughs> rifle. Oh boy! Okay. I don't know. That's that's a good question. I'll have to think about that. I think about that. So the other golf news that kind of hit us this afternoon was that kind of out of nowhere, Tiger Woods had a, a fifth back surgery. Apparently, five now. Yeah, yes, it's fifth. yeah, he's up to five. I I saw the the medical name. I didn't look it up, but I. It, they said he's hoping to be back by the Masters, so it can't be. It's obviously not as substantial as a, a fusion that he had. Did they say but, if it was a laser one or if they cut him open? Or I don't. I could try to look that up. I don't know. I, I um, tried. I say. I said. I texted you guys that when Russ said that the Tiger Woods news, I was like, "Oh no, what happened?" Me too. And Kyle responded back back surgery. So I looked up. I couldn't find anything that said what kind of surgery it was. Just that it was right. successful. Everything went well. Microdiscopity? Um, yes, yes, that's what I saw. Scopomy. Let me uh, to alleviate nerve pain. Maybe like they just clean it out to get some pressure tissue or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, I say, isn't that just a, a like a clean out? Obviously, like a lot of people have that with their knees and stuff like that. And I think we were talking about it before we started recording. I don't. I think he had to have known this was going to be going on. It's not something you're like, hey, uh, can I get can I stop in today? Like right. you just play golf with Charlie. He didn't look. You think bad. it's a scheduled maintenance where every couple of years they'll have to have that done? It might be. They just they probably monitor it. I know that the, the scar tissue is something they yeah. know builds up over time. Yeah. So I'm sure you need that yeah. for mobility. He didn't do anything <clears throat> during the father's son that would make me think he needed back surgery. I was going to say if it, if it was though somewhat maintenancey, you would think it'd be different. Knowing timing. the timeline going to the Masters, he would have had it like a, month a couple days after the tournament with Charlie. Yeah. Know? Cause that's been what, like three weeks now or something. At least, yeah. yeah. Does I, I, I assume it doesn't play a part in it, but I don't know if COVID, I, I assume he can just get surgery whenever the hell he wants, but I don't know if there's any certain issues with COVID and stuff and him trying to get in to have that. I got to imagine he's one of the few people that can like <laughs> an operating room in his house or something. It's, it's just on his yacht. He's <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't shock me. So hopefully, uh, it didn't sound too serious. They no. said he was going to miss two events. It was Farmers and the Genesis, maybe, they said. Yeah. Is he doing his tournament this year or no? That's the Genesis. No, the, the Hero. The Hero. You know, he does that, that was in the like Hero December. World. They canceled that. That was in December. Oh, they canceled it? Okay. Yeah, because that one's in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. I didn't know if they canceled it or what they but did. I think his tournament's hosted now by Genesis, isn't it? Yeah. It's about him being back for his tournament, the Genesis, or I don't Okay. I heard those are the two events he's possibly missing, but we'll see. I guess it's probably been in recovery. Didn't yeah. sound too serious. Yeah. So okay. um, he'll miss the he'll miss the players, right? Or did they move that again? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have, to, I'd have to look at his schedule. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to see him at the Masters. To yeah. me, us watching the Masters is not. Which will have fans now? Will they? They they, they announced yeah, last patience. week. Sorry. <laughs> I still get my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but masters without tiger doesn't seem yeah. right so yeah but they did announce last week like i saw uh, that too limited number of patrons number. nice so i didn't want to get into it while we weren't recording because i'm like this would be a good combo russ hasn't seen it yet he's going to watch it hopefully oh okay um have you watched the tiger documentary 
No, until someone gives me their HBO account, yeah, I can't watch it. That's my issue too. I don't have HBO. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> uh, I heard. I heard it. I heard it's pretty good. Okay, so here here's my here's my take on it. And I want your response to me to be it's gonna be candid, I'm sure. So everything I read on social media with the re- release of the first episode, because it's two episodes. It went one came out and then the second one was earlier this week. I watched both of them yesterday, just mm-hmm. sat down and watched it. Uh everything I read was it was just a bashing of Tiger. It oh, looked it's a smear piece. Look, that's what I kept hearing. It was friends, old friends who just sat down and talked to him about it. To me, there was nothing in that documentary I didn't already know. Agreed. In fact, a lot of the stories they were talking about, I had heard over the years in the golf industry, people know all of that stuff. Yes. It wasn't a surprise. And is that something that is relevant or necessary to tell everybody? I mean, the guy's dead. Because not think to elaborate was- a whole lot and spoil it, but if there was a smear piece on anybody, it would have been his dad. That's oh, what, that's how I felt. The whole thing was on that's Earl the and the way that he womanized. And that's the dead guy you're talking about. That yes. would be the yeah. dead guy I'm talking about. <laughs> well, everything on social media was like, oh, it was a, they just smeared, they just, you know, bash Tiger. It was old friends. I didn't think that at all. I thought it was people that, you know, without going too deep in a room for these guys, when everything happened with his wife, he cut people out of his life without really telling them. And it wasn't the first time in his life he had done that. So it's something that was a taught behavior um, from his parents. It was probably driven by his mother, who was still alive at the time, that you need to do this again. Uh, but if there's anybody they painted a bad picture of, I thought it was his dad. But did they paint a bad picture or did they paint the picture that we saw that was Earl Woods? I don't know. I always remember, and I didn't say this in the documentary, but when I had heard all these stories about him, well, sort of, working and being a part of that whole community was that people didn't refer to him as Earl. They called him player and people that weren't in the loop thought it was because he was a scratch golfer back in the day. No, no, it's because he has a Winnebago that while tigers on the range hitting balls, he's doing other things. Yeah. He was getting cactuses. They would would let him teach. They said on the range and he, yeah, he was always hooking up. Which is strange. I can't imagine a golf pro just saying, Oh, you want to start giving lessons on my range? It was the Naval course. So I get that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, There was still a a pro. They interviewed the pro. I mean, he's still a PGA member. It was just, it was just odd that. uh, Yeah. I just, it was just weird. If anything, it was like, it kind of like shed a different light on his dad. Uh, We knew his dad was always strict. That was the thing. I think his mother was a lot of the same. Um, but as far as like bashing Tiger, there wasn't much in there that I didn't already know. Once you watch the second episode, same thing. Like uh, they interviewed that Rachel, you could tell whatever the girl that was, and she just kind of tells her side. I'd never felt like she embellished anything. She tells like, yeah, we got busted and this is how it happened uh, from my side. This is what I saw. Um, if there was anybody, anybody in that documentary that was just a complete weasel and i don't know if he's in the first episode it's the clown wearing the bow tie from the national Enquirer they interviewed well, what do you expect dude you want to talk about scumbag <laughs> you just read his resume i mean i mean that's like saying the, the guy from tmz that has all the airport interviews really <laughs> yeah really <laughs> so when he was when he was supposedly banging this perkins waitress the national the Enquirer, they have their <laughs> better <laughs> Yeah, we don't have a Perkins here anymore, so you got some explaining to do. We don't even have a Denny's. So when that was going on, I prefer Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
past me smoking it. You got him, boy. I like. Have you ever been to a Waffle House and not had a waitress that sounded like that? <laughs> Sorry, I either different Detroit. <laughs> I I think uh, while that was going on, when he was having his little fling with her or whatever was going on there, the so the National or the the Inquirer or whatever you want to call them, they have a headquarters in Boca Raton, Florida, and they caught wind of this, told his team about about it and basically wanted tiger to do a trade-off for them like we won't release this article but you got to pose on men's health or men's health and fitness because they owned that so he did that he posed on the the front of the cover they went so far during this whole like to keep milking him and milking him no to find it to, to prove <laughs> oh, that they okay. knew yeah is i think he took her to a church parking lot hooked up with her and she threw a tampon out the window they went and got it all right yum nice yeah <laughs> like this that's what you guys do. That's and what then, kittens do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then when the whole Rachel thing broke, it was when he was in Australia. And he flew her to Australia. And the Inquirer sent somebody to Australia, which is not a cheap flight. Mm-hmm. And there is security footage. I don't want to go too deep in this, but there's security footage of this guy from the Inquirer getting on the elevator with her following her to the top floor. Just, they're the only two people in the elevator. You know what my takeaway was? I know he... He was probably the, didn't agree to it, but I was surprised to not see Hank Haney or any of his coaches uh, from more recent speak out, especially with Hank Haney writing a tell-all book a few years ago. Right. I figured if they could get his high school girlfriend mm-hmm. to show home videos and stuff, you'd at least be able to get Hank Haney to make a statement after writing a 200, 300-page book. So, yeah, so I heard, so a uh, guy I work with was telling me about it. So I, I've heard about it because I didn't think I, anyone gave me their HBO account. They probably don't trust me with it, but uh, they, <laughs> so, <like> true. So, <laughs> so, but he was telling me a lot about Earl and things like, and this was obviously before the second one got released, but I, I was wondering that did, did Tiger give his okay of this? And if he did, so. if he it, didn't, then that's, that's how I could see. Cause I, I think obviously him and Hank Haney, obviously they had a little bit, I think they were, they had a little bit of a, I'll call it a feud. I don't know what it was, but they had some issues there near the end. But I don't think Hank would go on something like this and and kind of give that tell-all thing. How is it any different than in – I don't know if you read his book. I did not. I, I, I didn't read I didn't it. remember the title. I, I, I remember read reading it. it, but he went in-depth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, The Big Mess, is that what it's called or something to that effect? Maybe. Because uh, the whole way he titled it was he trained Tiger to – always just avoid making a big number, you know, play to a small number, make a bogey, avoid the triple. But anyway, in that book, he went really in depth talking about, it was the flip phone era still. I mean, it was 2009. So he would have a nice phone for work, but when they would be sitting in a golf cart, Tiger would be playing on a flip phone over there. So he always knew that something was going on because his flip phone would buzz and buzz and buzz and he would leave it behind. And he always had burner phones. So I'm surprised that that wasn't something that, had been gotten into on that documentary. You'd think that'd be an important detail. They maybe, didn't go, in, they didn't go into they like if he had burner phones or not. They just, uh, he had balls. <clears throat> I'll tell you that. You're going to find out he had some serious balls. Oh, I don't doubt it. He knew this story. When he left Australia, he knew the Inquirer was going to drop this story and told his wife about it. That's how she knew about it. Explains the shattered back window in the escalator, right? Kind of. <laughs> the, the, because the he niner told her, back. I don't want to go to. He t- basically, this is the last time I'm telling you. He tells her this story's going to drop. It's not true, and I can prove it. 
and I he think pull- I've heard, isn't there a voicemail or something? He call he pull he calls Rachel and puts Elon on the phone with her. And they spent a half hour on the phone talking about it, how it's not true. I don't know what he told her her relationship was or why she was in Australia, but that's how they tried to convince his wife that it was bullshit. That's all I'm telling you. But as far as the uh, big picture, everything I read was like, oh, there's there's Bash Tiger. As far as big picture, uh, it was not that at all. It was, if you watch both episodes, it was, well, who was Tiger, how he started, his rise, his fall, and then his rise again, basically. You know, they said, you know, they made a very good point. Like, someone like Tiger with that much fame, like, there's so many people out there that just just pray that you have that downfall moment. Mm-hmm. They, they called it the crab the crab effect. You're in a bucket full of crabs, you're at the top, and they continue to grab your legs and try to pull, pull you back. back in. So mm-hmm. you guys need to watch that. We want to get your reactions next week on that. My last reaction, it doesn't have anything to do with the storyline, was even if you don't like what they're saying about it, uh, content-wise, there's a lot of home video footage that I hadn't seen before that you really see a side of Tiger. For example, his like adolescence, teen years. Yes. That's something I've never seen of him. Almost like he wasn't allowed to act like that at home, but when he was with. Yeah, you'll see when you watch it. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, his parents were bashing crazy. His mom's so are, are, we getting, like are, we getting are we getting one of your guys' accounts on so we can watch it? Well, I'm not going to give it to you while we're recording. Yeah, All let me right. give you the password. <laughs> it's, uh, you got it ready? <laughs> it's hooked to my debit card. Yeah. Let me give you the security. <laughs> <laughs> Cactus 54321. Yeah. Dead cactus. Dead cactus. <laughs> That's a good yeah. password. <laughs> uh, we know what Taylor's password is. That'd be Taylor's logo. On dead cactus. Dead cactus. Would like leaves are drooping. That'd be a cool logo. I might look like a dead cactus patch on Amazon or something. I'd put that on my golf bag. I can get, I can get our graphics guy to design one, and we can order some of those custom patches. There you go. Oh yeah. We, we might have a dead cactus. I love it. We have a golf brand here, boys. The Dead Cactus Golf. <laughs> the little logo. Mm-hmm. Get clothes and hats. What do you guys think? Talk about do it. Do it. All right. I had another idea, but you go on online. It's like every T-shirt ever has been designed because you can sell anything on Etsy now. But we'll talk about that too. I think it's a fun avenue to go down, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else you got for us, Adam? I got nothing else. You guys want to get into stars? Uh, I, do it. I think it's important oh, that we no. mention what's happening on Saturday, don't you? Uh, Poirier McGregor, oh, too. Yeah, I yeah. plan on mentioning oh. it because uh, my first star of the week is Max Holloway. So, Oh, all right. I didn't mean to jump ahead. I no. just figured that seems like a pretty big deal. I know football's really hot in the mix right now, but this is yeah. going to, in my opinion, it'll probably be the fight of the year unless <laughs> unless McGregor fights again. I, I don't think that there's anything that'll top this. He one. wants to fight two more times this year, he said. I think we got to see how this goes. Oh. I think he might get discouraged if it doesn't go his way. I don't know. After He's already think, fainting or yeah. fainting towards retirement, I think this is him sort of <clears> dipping <throat> his toes back in, maybe a money grab. Um, I think he's in for a war Saturday. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's gonna be a great fight. It's not the same Dustin Poirier he fought before. I got a little money on Poirier, so well, that's probably not a bad bet. If you're listening, <laughs> there's a bonus on DraftKings. If you put a dollar down and Conor McGregor knocks out Poirier in the first round, you win $257. So keep that in your back pocket if you're uh, playing around on the apps. A dollar? It's like a, a dollar thing. Why would if Well, why it's with their promo for me because I had to make the account, and that was the promo. So oh, anybody, don't you don't have it. 
but for anybody that doesn't sign up and has ever thought about dabbling with it now is the time to do so because that seems like a pretty sweet bonus yeah. they do a lot of other things but that one we're not encourage you to, to develop a gambling habit and drive across borders to place bets but if you do <laughs> you're responsible. No there's a hotline eventually they'll sponsor us <laughs> 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 uh, I'll start with uh, stars. Uh, my third star this week is Taron Johnson for obvious reasons. Um, I think Dan said it best earlier. That might be one of the best plays. Was it Dan or you said that? That might be one Dan of the did. one yeah. of the best plays in Bills football history in the last twenty five years. Yeah, yeah, he, he's my second star. I had I'm adding Bills defense as well. I had him as a star, but I took him off because I figured everyone would mention him. So. Uh, my third star, my stars are all hockey related. Hockey's back and I absolutely love it. So have you been watching any hockey, Russ? <clears throat> Just a little bit. I've been watching the entire Sabres game over your shoulder. They're yeah. losing. I'm, I'm watching. I've got it right here. On the <clears throat> I'm watching. Uh, second game of the year. Connor McDavid reminded us why he believes he's the best player in the world. Hat trick and another highlight real goal, which seems like he has one of those once a week now goals that you don't think a player can do so Connor mcdavid hat trick game number two my third star my third star i am going the packers offensive line um didn't allow a sack again i forget how many games this has been now um and they ran the ball very well against the number one defense in the nfl um so i'm gonna go packers offensive line yeah stars you want to wait i'll wait to the next round okay uh, my second star is close to Adams. It's Aaron Rodgers. Just, I think, I, I think if there was a time when it's a toss up between Aaron and Josh for MVP. I think it's Aaron. Yeah. I really hope we see a Bills Packers Super Bowl. Do you? I kind of want to beat Tom Brady in the Super That's Bowl. That's what I was thinking. Send him on his, yeah, it won't it's be sending him. scary though. It won't be sending him off in the sunset no, because, but it'd still be fun to beat him. Yeah. Um, my second star, star. Quick story. It's two players. Adam, you might have seen this social media. So uh, the Detroit Red Wings and the Columbus Blue Jackets played over the weekend. Zach Wierenski, who plays for Columbus, is from the Detroit area. With COVID going on, visiting players are not allowed to have are not allowed to uh, have tickets. So Zach couldn't have his family, who's in the Detroit area, go to the game. He's friends with Dylan Larkin. So Dylan Larkin on the Red Wings was nice enough to leave tickets for Zach Wierenski's family so that he could come in, which is a pretty cool story. That's cool. And then the ultimate curveball, Larkin and Wierenski end up fighting each other in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think uh, they pre-agreed on that? Nah, there was just the game. Did it start? To there was get a, a little, little bit of a scrum that, okay. yeah, the whole crew. I didn't got know in. if it was like a. They happened to grab each other. They, they did go out a little bit, so. Yeah, and they're they're childhood uh, friends too. So yeah, yeah childhood. Like if, Adam, if Adam came to town, I'd have to fight him too. <laughs> I need to get home right now. <laughs> we don't even know if he's at home. We've got. To get Is that this. a Zoom background? He took a screenshot of it's green screen. Yeah, we've got to get. This yeah, you don't. You, you don't even know up. where I am. You don't even know where I am. Summer boxing match in Kyle's backyard. Uh, my first star, like I said, is wait. Did you mention you got a star, right? My my second was Taron Johnson. Okay. Uh, my first star was Max Holloway. Was went over Cater. Uh, landed 447 strikes out of the 770, 746 he threw. Jesus. 
And I don't, if you watch this fight, it was like Max Holloway. So there was there was some chatter that Dana White said, hey, if Max doesn't win this fight, we got to have a serious conversation. I don't think you cut Max Holloway, but you might say, hey, you want to move up a weight class or something to that effect. Because uh, Max does bring in the viewers. The guy was throwing elbows like John Jones throws elbows, which you do not see other than from John. I mean, he was lining up right hooks and throwing elbows, landing. And he got just extremely confident. At one point, he was yelling at Cormier while he was calling a fight, not even looking at Cater and still punching Cater in the face. <laughs> so, uh, good fight there. Might be one of the best fights we see this year. We'll see. But, yeah. uh, my first star is Max Holloway. Uh, my first star comes from a video clip. I believe I sent Kyle and Adam. Um, Jake Voracek. I just thought of this, and I don't have this exact quote, so I'm kind of kicking myself. So, Jake Voracek plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, so with these games and COVID going on, they're doing Zoom post-game press conferences. They bring two players in, and then the media is on Zoom, gets answered, asking questions. Jake Voracek and I believe Claude Giroux have have a uh, a big uh, feud with some Philadelphia media member. Can we actually have you play that instead? You got to Bluetooth me in over there, hit the Bluetooth button. Hold on a second here. Keep talking while he's doing that for me. So I... Over the last few years, the relationship between players and media has just become very generic answers, and you you can almost predict what players are going to say. So it's nice when players can actually be honest and say what they want to say. Can you hit that button again for me, bud? And then I'm hitting it one more time. Okay. Sometimes I got I got like fully disconnect and then reconnect. So. Okay, I am connected here, so give me a second. I pull up your... So this is Jake Voracek of the Flyers talking to a Philadelphia media member. Does the feel, if at all, given the circumstances of the offseason and the condensed schedule and everything? Doesn't matter what I say, Mike. You're going to write fucking shit every time. So it doesn't matter what you say. Yeah, uh, yeah it feels different. I mean, we got four points out of the first two games. Uh I, I wasn't even going to answer your question because you are such a weasel. It's not even funny. <laughs> nice question. That's got like Marshawn Lynch vibes. I love that. Wasn't that fantastic? Did I, we lose the Polish kid? Yeah, he got up and walked away for some reason. Oh. I just glad he's interested. I, <laughs> I think not that you want players to be rude to the media, but it's got to the point where players have to give these canned boxed answers and the media are allowed to ask as many stupid questions as they want. That's so much and more then entertaining write than whatever they else. want. That why can't a player stick up for himself? I, I like seeing that. So my yeah. first star, Jake Voracek. All right, Adam's first star is um, it's uh, Jack Eichel and Thurman Thomas. Thurman Thomas. It's towards his wife making him a sandwich right now. That's all right. I'll vamp for him. Uh, so, oh, he's my back! First oh, star. Hey, oh, welcome back. Hey-o. Three Molson's deep. I had I had to pee. I couldn't hold it any longer. We stopped oh, recording. Yeah. Anything you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> My Ugh. first star of the week is Kevin Na. He's had four rounds in the 60s and shot 61. Uh, the last four seasons, he's had a win in each season. So it's awesome to see him come out of the gate this early. Uh, I was looking at stats. I know he's only played in, it said seven events for the 2021 season. I guess that's because they start the 21 season after the playoffs, even though it's still 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, He doesn't, he's only got one or two stats that are inside the top 100 on the PGA tour. So to see him pull off a win, it's, it's cool to see someone like that have that week they put together all of a sudden. So we've all been there. I think I, 
Kevin Na puts himself in the same class as Kisner. Like he knows he can't win every yeah. week. Mm-hmm. He tries to make hay where he knows he can. It's probably got to be a nice relief for him to get a win this early in the season. Make everything pur- make a big up. purse, and then you know you can yeah. somewhat relax. I guess there's nothing I like more than when someone shoots 61 and the PGA Tour puts like that five minute reel up, and you get to watch every shot, all the highlights, and they yeah. got the top tracers. Yeah, my favorite. Yeah. You can just you don't have to watch those reels. You can come play golf with us. <laughs> Stripe show. Sure. Don't just don't watch my shot, Tracer. Uh, my first start is Leslie Frazier. Um, the scheme he pulled against the Ravens hold them to three points. I think, and this is crazy to think about. And Lamar, all of Lamar's starts in the regular season, I think they're averaging over thirty a game, and in the in the playoffs, they're averaging thirteen. Um, which is a crazy stat to think about. So I've, is it obviously is it is it Liz Lamar the reason? But obviously everything is always gets blamed or praised about the quarterback. So that that's what it is. But um, yeah, Leslie Frazier, amazing game plan. Um, and hopefully, I mean, he could obviously play put that game film up in Houston and say, "Here's my here's my resume. Are you going to hire me?" I mean, that that could do it. Houston better just chill the fuck out, wait until the playoffs are over. I agree. All right, gentlemen, anything else? You have a dud? Yeah, I mean, it's not a super serious one, but my dud of the week, I don't know if you saw this, the ref that wouldn't high-five Tom Brady after the touchdown. Come on, man. <laughs> He's not allowed. It's a sweet touchdown, though. Please uh, give him some love. Please, can't. How about one of these? I know it's COVID. Give him one of these. <clears throat> He's not allowed, but there was uh, early in the regular season, I can't remember who it was, there was a player who got a fist bump from a ref. After scoring a touchdown. Oh, really? That's cool. Maybe it might have been a college game, but he's just trying to high five his teammates. Yeah. There's Adam's finger. Yeah. Oh, there oh, he is. Sorry. Guys, we got breaking news. If we want to break it on here. What? Uh Jordan, uh Springer has signed with the Blue Jays. Jordan, baseball related. Jordan, Blue Jays, oh. Huh? Interesting. Well, so, uh, he, he hasn't officially signed, but his plane has landed <clears throat> in Toronto. So that's oh. what I was trying to figure out. Jesus. The, that that oh news was broken by my buddy who always breaks plane crash news to us. So that was close. But Dude, what kind of Debbie Downer are you hanging out with? What the fuck? Report. Dude, every time he texts us breaking news, it's always plane crash crash related. So that's a travel safe, everybody. <laughs> Don't listen to Adam's friends. Goodness. Uh, Springer's not officially a blue jay. Prior to baseball season, we're going to have to have a hell of a recap because there's been some serious movement this year. Yeah. So, and some wiener picks. Sorry. I couldn't help. Did you guys not see today? Right. Um, yeah. So, if, well, you, if, if you have wiener picks, send them to Adam, I yeah, guess. Send your wiener picks to Adam. If yes, he doesn't respond, just keep texting him all 62 times. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Until next week.